We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we're calling him Gandalf. Because like he's never early or late, he's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again, I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Young Contested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I'm the Thunder Mob, Jacob, and today I am joined in-house by Kamiar. I'm literally up in this house. He's like five feet away from me. I stole his fiance's blanket. I'm cold. Yep, he keeps it at like a cool 50 degrees in this house. It's at that time of the year where you, you like you don't have the air on, but you don't need to turn the heater on either. So you just like no yep. chill. This dude seriously does he no? He I'm also joined by Taylor. What's up? And Justin. I got Gator belts and patty melts and Monte Carlos. I like patty melts. Yeah. Is that is that still Outcast? Of course it is. What's so fresh that? and so clean. Um, a classic, uh, if you will. Oh yeah, that that's is a classic. It's a good song. I like the way you move. Um, Nick will be joining <laughs> us eventually. He is currently in enemy territory, uh, watching a Dallas Mavericks game. Why you submit yourself to that torture? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since we've come together for a uh, a group podcast. We've been doing these post game pods that I hope you guys are enjoying. We had a cool mayor pod. Mayor David Holt was an awesome guy. Shout out to him again for uh, for coming yeah. on the podcast. That cool, dude. Really cool. Super um, cool. 
had a fun time chatting with him up on the north side the other night. But the Thunder are on a five-game win streak. Oh, my God. And we are going to break down and kind of get in depth uh, more than just our single-game pods. The, these podcasts are now going to be kind of our around the association and our like general themes of the season pod. So uh, I'm going to throw it over to Justin. Let's just jump right on in this thing. Let's get it. So like you said, five-game win streak. Uh, bang, bang. Much, <laughs> much better spirits than uh, when we were 0-4. I oh, those podcasts were bad. Together. Um, so we beat the Clippers, beat the Hornets, the Wizards, uh, the Pelicans uh, since our last podcast. Um, you know, some of them were were beat downs, like the the abysmal performance that the Wizards put forth. Uh, some of them were much more entertaining, like the Hornets game, uh, and some some of them got a little of both, like the Pelicans game. Um, Definitely. Hey, before we move on, this is a really random question. But the Thunder beat the Clippers, Hornets, Wizards, and Pelicans. Of all those mascots, like if you didn't know those were NBA teams, <laughs> which one is like the most intimidating? Did you probably Hornets? Hornets? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not intimidated. It depends. By a Do you know they're a wizard? <laughs> yeah, but they were Fair. like they're so bad. They're like a bitch ass wizard that's only like level one. Oh, so and it's like, like can't cast any cool spells like yeah. fireball, like Draco Malfoy. Yeah, yeah, like first year Draco Malfoy or something. I hate that he's like he, Draco Malfoy. Look, belongs in the Ku Klux Klan. Oh my god, that's probably accurate. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was a Nazi. Like, oh, dude, he's totally uh, Hitler youth. Hair. He's okay. Hitler youth. Hitler youth. Hitler youth. Hitler, full on Hitler youth. Um, Other than that, yeah, the I wizards mean, are like a level one lizard. Lizard. A level one lizard. <laughs> yeah. A level one wizard right now. I'd be more I'm, scared of a lizard. I'd be terrified. than the wizards. Yeah. yeah, I'd be terrified of getting ran over by a. Big ass ship. That's what a clipper is, right? Yeah. Well, pelicans are kind of scary too. Like, no, have you ever not. seen a pelican in real life? Like, yeah. those things are huge. They're not bad. They're pretty ugly. That's a yeah. Yeah. Like, if a pelican was coming at me, like, very aggravated, Fine or or, or I had like fish taped to me and it was coming at me. Why a fish taped yeah. to you? I'd be a little worried. Why a fish taped to you? I'm just saying, if I did. Well, the <laughs> last time we saw, I saw a pelican was uh, in Jumanji when he took the board game. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, isn't there a new Jumanji with uh, garbage? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Nope, it, nope, it's garbage. Don't talk about it. Can't acknowledge it. How dare they ruin Robin Williams? I don't like hornets either. Yeah, well, I, I hate hornets. hornets. I don't think anybody likes hornets. Bees, all the above. Bees. I put liquid paper on a bee and it died. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. I got, I totally right, got us off track there. Back uh, to Justin. I think, sorry, I think Justin. We've, uh, thoroughly exhausted that. Uh, so. Some of the themes from these games, uh, kind of the elephant in the room right now is the injury bug that the Thunder seem to always have more than their fair share. It's an of. injury hornet. The Seattle uh, curse. Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of wizards, uh, I think somebody's put a curse on us. Um, That's the most recent spell. one is uh, Russell Westbrook. He went down, scary looking fall. Anytime you see Russell... Uh, screaming like that showing that much uh pain you know it's gotta hurt uh russell seems to have a high pain tolerance the good news is uh it sounds like it looked worse than it actually was um you know multiple people said he he was walking around okay we had a creepy guy take a picture of him in a starbucks today and from all (laughs) we could tell he he seemed to be standing on two legs while ordering a hot chocolate um but uh knowing what we've seen from this team without Russ in the past. Uh, how are you guys 
feeling about the upcoming schedule, knowing that he will likely have to be out, uh, you know, probably a week or two, hopefully not more. Um, but how are you feeling about the team in his absence? It's a good question. You know, the the f- two games they played without Russ, they uh, they lost. They are both winnable games, though. Um, I like their chances going up there to Cleveland because uh, Cleveland's awful. I think Schroeder can can control the game uh, up there. Coming back for Houston is going to be very difficult, but I expect Russ to, to be back in like roughly a week. They said that he he might even play Saturday against Dallas. Um, it's it's never good for Russ to get injured, but I think it's at a time in the schedule where it's uh it's beneficial. It's beneficial for sure. Very. The, yeah. I think that I think the thing that sucks more about like missing Russ now is that this team really started to develop like continuity. And they really had like this identity, and now that goes out the window just a bit because Raymond Felton uh, does not run that second unit like like Dennis Schroeder was, and yep. Raymond Felton is just a Very completely true. different style of player. So I worry about it it kind of breaking that um, that groove that the team is in right now. I think that's the biggest issue for sure because like we've seen. Or as we can see with the schedule coming up, it, it really isn't that tough. I had that Rockets loss, or excuse me, that Rockets game as a scheduled loss anyways. Um, second night of a back-to-back, particularly after a win streak. Uh, assuming they win this one, you know, the six-game straight tomorrow against uh, the Cavs, I really kind of thought they would come back and wouldn't really show up for this Houston game. You know, Mel's coming back. There's going to be a lot of emotions. I just didn't see them... Um, Oops, sorry. <laughs> the dog was uh, needing my attention. Tell Rumble but to I just didn't really. <laughs> yeah, tell Rumble to chill. Um, I, I just thought them dropping that one anyways, especially with Russ gone now. I think they're going to drop that one. But besides that, I think we have like the Knicks coming up. Um, the Suns coming up again. Oh, dude, we... the Knicks next week, that Wednesday game. I just thought yep. of this. And, and Justin, rem- correct me if I'm wrong, but that's when they debut the city jerseys, yeah? That is correct. Oh, Russ better play that night so we can see him in that jersey. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yep. When I think of OKC, I think of being almost overly cautious. Yep. So, like, yes, I get that he is day-to-day right now, and that's what they, that's what they, you know, want, whatever. But here's, like, my guess is that he's out at least two weeks. Because they're super cautious. Yeah. So the next two weeks are at the Cavs, Rockets at home, at the Mavs, Suns at home, Knicks at home, back at the Suns, back in Sacramento where they kicked our ass not that long ago. And then that after that's two weeks, and OKC would be in Golden State against the Warriors on November yep. 21st. Gearing up for that Warriors game. Yep. yep. And that's the other thing, too, is like Royce mentioned kind of day-to-day, but that they really don't have a, that great of a feel for it because of the travel. You know, there's a back-to-back coming up, and they really won't have a timetable until they're able to kind of evaluate him and how he's feeling come practice. So I think that's a really good point, Kami. All right. Uh, Royce seemed overly optimistic today, but it would make more sense if it's closer to about two weeks. All, all in all, I'm just I'm glad it wasn't anything more serious. He didn't yeah. snap anything, tear any ligaments, or like PG was saying – uh, other Justin, Justin uh, Hickey was saying in, in our Slack last night, you know, when he heard that scream, his heart just dropped. 
I was kind of in the same boat and thought it could be worse. So, yeah. uh, and I'm he kind of grabbed his knee right off the bat, which immediately yeah, he triggered grabbed me. up high. Yeah. Yep. I think the good news is he's traveling with the team. You know, if it was something more serious where he's absolutely, you know, going to be out for a longer period of time, I don't think he'd be traveling with the team right now. It'd be better for him to stay home, rehab it, you know, take, take off, um, a little bit of time to rest and recuperate. So I think the fact that he is traveling with the team is probably a good sign that this That's won't really be point. an issue that is hanging around for a long time. It's traveling and getting Starbucks. <laughs> Just like the rest of us. Yep. Uh, the, the next injury is kind of a weird one. Uh, Steven Adams calf tightness. Uh, so this one kind of came out of nowhere, kept Adams, you know, he was a late scratch from the lineup. Uh, Noel got the start and put in his place. Um, but really, when you look at Adams for a lot of the season so far, he just hasn't quite looked like himself. He seemed a, kind of a step slow. It definitely gets amplified uh, depending on who he's matched up against. Um, but, you know, recently he's looked better, but this is something that's kind of nagging at him. You know, he often goes back uh, into the tunnel and rides the exercise bike. Is this something that is a concern to you or do you think this is something that, uh, you know, he can play through and deal with and it's not really going to affect him? I think it's fine. I mean, Steve's always getting rolled out like with actual rollers on the trainers, but whether it's its back, whether it's his legs, whatever, what have you. I mean, calf tightness could be anything from just like he jumped and landed weird or he just got, was getting cramps and just wasn't getting enough fluids. I'm not too worried about it. What I am worried about is Steven Adams worked over AD and he's been working over lots of other centers. But conveniently, every time they play Portland, he gets worked over by Nurkic. Yep. Yeah. And I know that's unrelated to the question, but dang. <laughs> <laughs> Something about Portland, you know? Uh, when was the Thunder's last time that Thunder won in the Rose Garden? Like, it's, it's been, been long, forever, long man. Time. Like, it's been a long time. I think time. it's been two se- like two full seasons, if I remember correctly. But that's just off the top of my head. Um, the The... Adams thing like he's he's such a tough guy that he doesn't admit when he's hurt like that dude broke his hand in the middle of a game and like still shot the free throws you know like yeah he's he's never going to admit that he's hurt so to me it seems like he's going through something it seems like he's feeling a little bit better after that Pelicans game because like Kamiar said he played AD really well like Davis had 20 points on 20 shots and Adams was feasting down in the lane um Again, a little aside of the question, but I just thought it was so stupid for the Pelicans at the start of the, the second half last Miritich. night to to put Miritich on Steven Adams. Like, the Thunder yep. got, like, a free yep. eight points. Right. You know, yep. like, there's no way in hell Miritich can guard Steven Adams. He's just too big. And Steve gave Steve gave AD credit. He was like, yeah, I mean, he did well. He didn't do that well, but he missed some easy shots. So it's that he usually like makes, he, yeah. He, he, he wasn't. He was pretty humble about it. Yeah, but he's uh, so humble that you know Steve will never admit to being hurt. I think there's maybe a little bit of something going on there, um, but it's nothing that he can't work through. Also, before we move on, um, we have now also been joined by the the man on the dark side, Nick Crane. <laughs> What's going on? He he just went and watched the Dallas win, Nick. Yeah, they did. They uh, beat it's, the it's level one wizards to watch the Mavs play. 
<laughs> Man, like they need to get rid of those mics on the on the rims. It's the worst. Yeah, that that's the weirdest thing. I like, I'd never seen that in person before. Like whenever someone breaks a shot, it almost hurts your ears. It's so loud. So, it like, feels your like you're watching every game because it's the Mavs. Yeah, I mean seriously. Yeah. No, but Thank I, God I, the I, Thunder I, doesn't do that with our three point shooting. <laughs> That'd be awful. Watching, oh. watching a couple Mavs games on TV, I always thought that was kind of like. TV special effect, and then when I walked in the stadium, that was nope. my first like time into the Mavs game. I was like, "You guys play this out loud? Yeah, like, that's it's weird. terrible." How did Luca look that tonight? By the way, uh, he's he's honestly really really good for a rookie. I think that his ceiling is not very high. I feel like he's going to average twenty a game as a rookie and do the same exact thing the rest of his career. And kind his of just ceiling is the out. roof. He reminds me of a yeah. He reminds me of Doug McDermott with better handles and better a little yeah. bit better defense. Uh, Interesting. They're very they're very different players. Very different players. I don't are, know if I agree they? with that, but but, but I mean, he's he's. I he's guess good. his mom is hotter. Oh, his mom is. A Have you ever seen Doug McDermott's mom? I bet she bakes wonderful cookies. Look at his hair. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Dougie McG- McBuckets has a hot mom too. You never know. Yeah, Let's tweet at him. His, his dad coaches uh, Creighton, I think. That's right. Yep. Yep. I'm going to find his yep. Twitter. That's something that uh, Taylor needs to Google real quick. I'm going to Instagram yeah. Doug McBuckets and find his mom. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> well, on yeah, that note, find him. Uh, the last injury, uh, probably the weirdest one of the three, uh, Paul George's foot injury. He described it as dead foot. <laughs> which sounds terrible. The actual medical term is perineal nerve palsy? Question mark. Not a problem. Oh, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was looking into this a little bit, and I was actually talking to my dad, who's a physical therapist, and he said this could be something that's kind of a lingering result from that leg injury that he had a few years Don't ago. Don't say that. But it's that's- the opposite foot, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, oh, I think he had surgery on. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive it's the opposite foot. Any of you, any of the other guys, hear that, or am I just crazy? That, I, yeah, I, that's I, it's I opposite foot. I, I don't think, I don't think I've actually confirmed it personally, like that. I agree with that, but that's. What <laughs> oh, I'm I thought you mean you haven't confirmed yep. it personally, like you haven't talked to Paul, like Paul, can <laughs> no, no. shoot me straight, bro. <laughs> Is it the right foot or the rough foot? Okay, well, throw that theory out then. Uh, but regardless, it's a weird injury. Uh, it's sounds like it would be difficult to play basketball with uh yeah uh, you know pg's kind of had some weird injuries last year with the the tightness in his arm dude they uh, drained this, off like a gallon of blood off his arm yep. <laughs> it wasn't really a gallon but it, like it was a lot of blood you know it was like a two liter it was just something ridiculous oh. yeah it was, it was like two liter of like blood and pus that's oh, oh, oh. From, from what they make his foot injury sound like like have you guys ever like got out of bed and like your foot's asleep like, can you imagine playing a whole basketball game like that? That would be very uncomfortable. Yeah. There's yeah. no way I could go out there with my foot feeling like that without that feeling and just go out there and shoot a basketball. There's no way. And up until last night, it kind of showed, at least offensively. Yeah. You know, he yeah, really wasn't. Definitely. And he's such a streaky shooter anyways. Uh, he kind of goes through the spurts. And I kind of mentioned this in my post-game, uh, my post-game podcast here last Friday but against the Wizards. But he just is, he's so streaky, and I can only imagine playing on that foot. He's still finding ways to contribute, uh, like, you know, re- with his rebounding and his defense. Uh, he had 10 rebounds, I think, on Friday, which is really big, especially coming from PG. And, yeah, and he had, like, seven assists well, last night against the Pelicans, I think. So he's finding ways to stay involved, but it is a little wor- 
worrisome. But one thing I was going to mention even about like Steven and the calf tightness, um, something that I've noticed and I think is huge is when players have these kinds of injuries, but they aren't big enough or we can't really afford for them to sit out and miss time. One thing that really helps them this season compared to last season or the season before that is we finally have some depth and we have yep. some guys who can come out and can contribute like shooter, for example, uh, gives Russ more, more rest. We've talked a little bit about that. Uh, these guys can come in like Noel and, you know, just, just the second unit in general, like Diallo, these guys can come in and, and give guys like PG and Russ and Steven some rest and, and help them rest up these injuries and they can maintain these leads and also can, can contribute and extend those leads. So you don't have to play them in the fourth quarter. You know, I, we talked about this it was so frustrating last season as good of a team we thought we were when Russ would have to come back with four minutes left or five minutes left in the fourth quarter because the second unit just completely fell apart and yep. you know, lost the lead. So I think that's a really big, big aspect uh, to these injuries as well and, and something that could keep like PG and Steven from having to miss extended time. I agree. I agree. That's, this team is, is legitimately 10 deep this year. I think PG's beard yep. looks nice. His totally. beard's way better than the goatee. Yeah, ten out of ten. Yeah, I didn't like the goatee at all. It was weird. Yeah, that was I weird. I actually like. We're getting way off the rails again here, but like <laughs> playoff, like mini Afro P. Yeah, that was a good look, yeah. man. That was a good look. Mm. And we did venture way off right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back on track. Uh, the next thing we want to talk about that we've seen over the last few games is the the third quarters for the Thunder. You know, last year, this was kind of a pain point for them. Uh, there was lots of times where they could just came out flat after halftime. Uh, this year, however, uh, against the Clips, they won the third 39-10. to 10. Against the Hornets, they had the Abrinus explosion and the big 19-point comeback. Uh, the Pelicans, they finished the third after the Russell injury. Uh, the bench kind of sparked them, and they went on a 16-4 to four run. Uh, what's happened? What's the difference here? Why are they suddenly so good coming out of the break they finally have an on-off switch like they thought they had last year you know which is kind of scary to even have an on-off switch to begin with and i don't think it's intentional i don't think there's like okay we're up 20 now uh let's turn turn the switch off but it just kind of happens with the flow of the game and eventually when that they find themselves you know giving up a lead and that switch does go turns off or it's a tough maybe first half and they find themselves down at halftime like yesterday they learn how to flip that switch on they can go on these runs and these spurts and get back up against teams and extend that lead um so i really think that's a lot of it um i'm gonna throw a hypothesis out there how much of it's mellow that's exactly what i was gonna say that's i think that has 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 some to do with it i also think so far the 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 halftime adjustments have been really good. You know, yep. they're, they're seeing True. things that they're struggling with and they're adjusting um, at halftime and, and making those changes. Uh, Charlotte, the the issue was they played great defense the first half. They just couldn't shoot the ball. So and yep. early in the third quarter, they bring in Alex Abrinas and they switch, <clears throat> switch that around. Against the Pelicans yeah. last night, the problem was they were giving up, um, you know, a crazy number of offensive rebounds in the first half. So they come out in the second half, don't give up a single offensive rebound. You know, so I, I feel like not only yep. do they have kind of this switch that they can flip, but also um, just it, it's really solid adjustments, and I think the team is is responding to that. Yeah, Jacob, I was going to say the same thing. As, much, as many people 
that are still kind of on the fire Billy Donovan train. I think that he has shown that in the third quarter he evaluates what happens in the first half, and his substitutions in the third have been solid. Yep. yep. I totally agree. agree with that. Are you sure about that? Because NBA Twitter has been telling me Billy Donovan's rotations are garbage and that OKC <laughs> should have just waved and stretched Carmelo Anthony for nothing. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about Billy Donovan needing to be fired since they started winning games. Yeah. Yep. Weird. It's funny you how know, that works. I, I was listening to Dream Team <laughs> on my way home from the gym, and uh, I thought John Hamm and Royce Young brought up a really good point in the fact that Billy, I mean, we talk about consistency with his team, but for the first time, really, since Billy's been a coach for the Thunder, we're finally starting to see some consistency with his rotations. For example, the whole Patterson and Grant switch, and then Patterson coming off the bench, you know, almost at the same exact time each and every game. Um, we've seen it with Abrinas, and he's still adjusting. You know, like, for example, with Abrinas, uh, the better he was playing, the more and more minutes he's got. Uh, he's got more time with the starters. But he's been more consistent with his rotations. With a season, you know, we really had no idea, and he had so much versatility that we really thought we were going to see all kinds of crazy lineups from TLC and Nader and Burton and, you know, et cetera, like we talked about preseason. He's finally found some consistency uh, with his lineups, and I think that's been really big for this team. Definitely. And just their consistency on the court and their chemistry. I know this isn't one of our talking points, but talking about that consistency and uh, yep. and his rotations and whatnot, have you guys found it interesting at all? I feel like last year there was very few times that we saw a lineup that did not include a single starter on the floor. Yep, and that yep. lineup is a staple this year. There we see a lot of that that Ferguson or sorry not Ferguson, um Schroeder, Abrinas, Diallo, Patterson, Nerland's Noel lineup. Um, Dude, I'm telling you, I talked about it last night. Um with Schroeder and Nerland's mirroring their game after what what russ and steve do it really just makes like that fluid transition into the backups and then also i mean you think about uh patrick patterson is kind of just like a mini jeremy grant as far as like what their roles are running on the floor i mean the fact that our our second unit is so similar to our first unit i think is so important yeah you play the I same agree. style of ball for all 48 yep. minutes yes. and i'll tell yes. you what my favorite part about this entire swap for mellow and Schroeder is is that, yeah, like you're trading out essentially roughly the same amount of points if Melo was starting for Houston. Like you're roughly trading out the same amount of points, like about, about 12 to 14 a night. Yep. But what you're getting in return is a guy that actually p- plays defense, which maybe some Hawks writers are pretty pissed about because he didn't really try <laughs> yeah. to play defense his last couple and of And his defense has like legitimately been impressive. And yeah, like yep. he, it's been really he, impressive. He doesn't die off screens or anything, and he picks guys up at, at the, you know, on the inbounds. But not only that is he is facilitating offense. So not only is he getting exactly. his 15 to 16 points that are just typically layups or just um, you know floaters in the lane, he's facilitating the offense in a way that it's making other guys like Abrinas get wide open. And Abrinas, holy crap, I love Abrinas on pick and rolls where he just bounces the oh, ball yeah. back to Patterson at the top and just for an open three. Yeah, he did that like three times. Abrinas yeah. had three assists last night and ran pick and no pop with, the, with Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> And then that was awesome. got me erect. Then Raymond Felton came. Then <laughs> Raymond Felton came in, and all that just died, and I felt sad inside. And that's what <laughs> so we have true. to look forward to for the next couple of weeks. Don't say that. I just threw up in my Ray. mouth, dude. Raymond Felton, like Justin, I know you're a Raymond Felton defender, so I don't mean to like crap on you about Are this, you? but like Raymond Felton, 
Is somebody playing in traffic right now? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds it's like an airplane. I'm about to go play in traffic if Justin literally defends Raymond Felton <laughs> on the podcast. Okay. okay. <laughs> it, uh, defender's a loose term. Uh, I think I think Raymond Felton is. I'm boo you. Uh, <laughs> he is he just... a he's a suitable backup point guard. However. The contrast in styles, and it's kind of what we've touched on here. The Good contrast with style bad basketball. Of, of how different Russ and Felton play, it just it tanks the bench unit. And yeah. I think that's what's going to be tough with Russell out. I appreciate what Felton brings from a, a veteran standpoint. Do I want him to get any minutes with the team as currently constructed? No, I do not. But yeah, I appreciate enough. him. But who would you put at the point guard other than Felton? Um, with Russ out? With Russ out, yeah. Nobody. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, let's do Ferguson. That worked really well in summer. Schroeder's league. averaging 5.6 assists this season. Uh, yeah. Back to back to Kamyar's point of well, four, um, 14 and six, right? Uh, 15, 15 and six, and four rebounds and a steal. Woo! On 33% three-point shooting. Six man of the year. That's awesome. And his spot up threes have been. Yeah, he's been shooting really he's, well on spot up. Like if he can purge the, 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 the dribble dribble into threes and just yep. take spot ups, would be really good. I don't like how they yeah, say his if, name if, in the if arena. Him and, if him and Russ both never shot a pull up three, I'd probably be happy. Yep. And yep. they didn't the other night, wasn't it? Who was that against? Yeah, uh, uh, I think it was against. Was it against? Charlotte? I think it was the Charlotte game. Yeah. That they they didn't shoot many threes. That was amazing. Um, do you feel like in the arena they tried to make Dennis Schroeder's name sound too German? A little <laughs> bit, but Dennis Schroeder. I don't know if you, if any of you guys have been to a game in the peak yet this year, but whenever they announce a Brinus, the, the announcer now rolls his R's like really hard. Alex Abrinas. It's Abrinas. I like that. It's like a damn drum roll. No, it, no, he, he's been doing it for us. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Makes it sound uh, more formal. Six four from UCLA, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> I would, I would Jesus. love a, I would love a Hispanic announcer in the. Oh, Borat, get Borat so up in fun. here. <laughs> so, no, we need, we need an English announcer. Oi, it's Russell Westbrook, mate. Let's get somebody from. Or is that New more Australian? Way. I'm really bad at this. Yeah. Sorry, we we are totally derailing it's, Justin's. Uh, the same thing. <laughs> Justin's Hello, second. Again. Australia, Hello, England, again. same thing. Uh, defense. Let's talk defense. Uh, so the Thunder's defense has obviously been improved over this winning streak. They're allowing the fewest three-point attempts per game, oh, that's which good. is something Billy Donovan really preaches. Uh, they're continuing to be active. You know, they're getting lots of deflections, lots of steals. They're actually first in steals per game at eleven point oh, seven. Um, they're fifth best in defensive rating. Uh, so in a year when scoring's been up across the league, the Thunder are only allowing 105 points a game, which is not bad, uh, yeah. considering 130 some of those were to the Kings. Especially when you uh, consider the <laughs> amount of fouls that get called, you know. Yeah, and games like the Wizards when they kind of took their foot off the gas at the end. Yep. Um, right. Games against the Pelicans when the Pelicans probably should have scored 110, uh, but got a couple of like garbage buckets, you know. Um, you take away some of those garbage points oh, and, and and those things, and that defensive rating and those points per game are probably putting the Thunder at like third in the, in the league in defense right now. 
Yeah. And that's without Dre, which is right. huge. You know, it's such a huge issue so for us last season. So what that means is that we've talked o- about so much. Oklahoma City, we can go without Dre now. <laughs> it's gonna be weird when he comes back. Yeah, yeah it is. It's yeah, gonna be is. like, well, we don't know where to play you now. So because, we've, yeah, yeah, we've been without him for so long that now, like, thinking about Thunder basketball with Dre is like weird. Yeah, because it Fiala is, is better a, than him. It's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> it's I interesting. love Fiala so much. But yeah, the, the defense has been super impressive. Um, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but their their defensive philosophy this year of the not switching everything and instead the the big man hedging very hard on screens and the guard or whoever's getting screened getting over uh, the screen and kind of trapping the ball handler and forcing the ball out of their hands and then relying on uh, activity and communication on the backside to, to rotate over. Kind of killed the Thunder a little bit early uh, in the Pelicans game yesterday, oh, uh, you I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like they would trap Drew Holiday, and yep. he was wearing a do rag. Yeah, That's <laughs> and awesome. then the uh, the weak side <laughs> defender on the wing, uh, r- his responsibility is to crash over into the lane and stop the Anthony Davis roll, get in between Davis and the basket, and that leaves that corner three open. Solomon Hill, and so they kept like kicking it way out far yeah. to that corner three, and our rotations were just a little slow and not getting out there for those threes. And I thought they adjusted really well in the second half. Um, but that's what that defense is designed to do. It, it's Again, it's designed on rotations, communication, and uh, and high activity. And yep. it leads to a lot of turnovers. I mean, hell, we saw it work out perfectly after Russ got injured and left yesterday. Diallo got back-to-back like yeah. tip steals that led yeah. out to dunks, you know. Yeah, he's boat and, raced everybody at the end. That's kind of how, how this defense is designed, you know. It's... It's high activity, very aggressive, and it forces a lot of turnovers. It's and very 2010 Thunder. Yeah, and it's uh, it's yep. it's working because this team yep. wants to get on the break and wants to play fast, and that's exactly what this defense allows them to do. It makes me miss Kendrick Perkins. No. Oh, God. No. Yeah. <laughs> makes me happy we have Noel as a backup center. Yeah. Nerlens. Talking about overhedging, Nerlens. Yeah. yeah, he's still he's he's still <laughs> playing well. True. He's playing well. Yeah, he's his arms are so freakishly long, man. He like averages insane. less than a block a game. Has, I wonder what his, I don't know what his steal numbers again. are, but he he, he probably doesn't average a lot of blocks. But I just feel like nope. his length is like so disruptive. It was so funny looking at him next to Boban, man. He was like <laughs> he was so little next to him, and that's a big dude. <laughs> Dude, I can't get enough of Bobon. I think any player looks small next to Bobon. He should. Steven Adams looks small next to Bobon. Bobon belongs on a freak show at a circus. Take that guy for Clippers. (laughs) 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 All right. Next, uh, let's talk about the power forwards. So Grant has been incredible. Uh, I think uh, last night we can obviously attribute that to his new hairdo. Um, Super Saiyan Grant. Yeah, Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan Two, Grant. Grant about to fight Perfect Cell. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, but also Two Pat, uh, Two Pat's looked awesome in his role off the bench. I think he's more comfortable. It's what he was used to uh, before he came to the Thunder. Uh, yep. He was perfect from three last night, and he's fifty percent from three in the last five games across this winning streak, which is obviously you know where the Thunder probably expected him to be when they traded for him or or when they brought him in last year. 
Uh, didn't quite live up to that, but he he seems to be finding his groove this year. Yep, he's up to uh, up to forty percent from three uh, for the season on four attempts a game. He's back to the he's back to Toronto, Pat. I'm telling you, when he played for them, he was a big plus minus guy and just hit the open shots. And that's all we need him to do here. Yep, that's so huge yep. for this team. And he's out eighteen minutes a game like last uh, eighteen minutes a game this year, uh, up from fifteen minutes a game from last year. So. I think he's him he's, getting in shape has been huge. He's yeah. found a nice role, and like I said, on paper it seemed like all of us talked to over the summer how it made sense for Pat to start and for yep. Grant to play off the bench. But in reality, they've they flip flopped it, and it's it's working. It's working well. Yep. What do we know? We're just yep. some idiots over here. Just some <laughs> dad gun basketball. idiots. I don't, I don't know about we. I don't know why we have a podcast. <laughs> well, we're in the basement right now, so we had every. We're in our parents' basement on dial-up internet. <laughs> I think what's great about Grant in the starting lineup is his athleticism, and I think a lot of that has to do, with, or with the the Thunder success defensively. Um, yeah, kind of what we were talking about a second ago. You know, two pads great coming off the bench, and and he can knock down the open shots. His defense is okay, but he doesn't bring the versatility that Grant brings, and I he think that's what's sorely hook. missed when you don't don't have a guy like Dre in the starting lineup. Grant can help kind of cover up some of those those areas where the Thunder are lacking. Would you I have agree. rather had Patrick Patterson or or Andre Robertson guard Julius Randle last night? Julius Randle, eight. Julius killed Patrick Patterson. <laughs> I think he was He's a perfect a ten to ten from the field. Dude. Julius plays incredibly aggressive. I didn't realize how aggressive he plays. Hot take: he Julius is, Randall is strong is, as hell. Hot take: Julius Randle is better than Draymond Green. You put him in Golden State, he yep. makes them better. No, I'm, no, I'm dead. I'm on board agree. with that. <laughs> that is that is. I'm sweating. You tell me that motherfucker ain't hot, you're lying, motherfucker. a good take. That's not a hot take. That's for real. I swear. I mean, Julius those are just Randall facts. I've been saying that for like three seasons now. And Jacob can I think he has it. Yep. Yeah. Julius Randle's good, man. Um, but no, like, yes, yesterday at the beginning of the game, Grant, like, went at Anthony Davis multiple times and got buckets on him. Like, yeah. I, I feel like yep. both this switch both made Grant and Patterson's confidence go up as well. Yep. Like, Patterson feels a little more comfortable, and that allows his confidence to go up. And uh, and Grant, like you said, is kind of using his athleticism and not having to be like a staple of the offense. And I think that's helping him a lot as well. There was a play I last agree. night. So we were at the game last night, Kamir and I were. And we were sitting uh, kind of behind the basket opposite the side that Russ got hurt on. But in that first half, there was a play where they got, got on the break. And I don't know if it looked like this on TV at all, but... Grant tried to finish over Anthony Davis and like missed, but coming down, it looked like Grant was about to put AD on a poster. Like yeah, it looked like he I was about that. to baptize that guy, and I, I was like, God, like this dude's playing with confidence right now. If he's willing to try to dunk on Anthony Davis, maybe the best even, shot like, blocker in the league. Thunder Twitter even kind of exploded on that. Like, wow, like Grant's confidence trying to go up there against AD and just he doesn't care. You know, he's going to go up regardless of who it is. Jeremy most improved player of the year. I love it. Jeremy will will rise on anybody in this league and not care. Yeah. And that's what makes him so good in this first unit. You know, it just uh, matches that style of play. He's super aggressive. He's going to be guarding Kevin Durant in a couple weeks. So, true. It's true. Well. (laughs) 
let's talk about the wings. So wing rotation has been a, a fixture of the podcasts uh, for for a while now. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Uh, we've got a few more games under our belt. Uh, you know, we've seen Ferguson go from uh, you know the angry mob wanting him out, just like Billy D. Uh, to a guy who's looking more comfortable, he's improving on both ends. All thanks uh, he, to Russell Westbrook. All thanks to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, that story was awesome. That was really cool. Yeah, really? so your narratives of Russ being a bad teammate can go suck my ass, Colin Cowherd. <laughs> Colin Cowherd is still yeah. talking garbage on Russ. He's like, oh, huh. he he invertedly sprained his ankle because he's still stat hunting, even though he's only averaging like four rebounds yeah. a game. He's like, he shouldn't be doing that. Stephen Adams should be getting a rebound while Stephen Adams is boxing out Anthony Davis. I would like nothing more than to choke Colin Cowherd until the life leaves his eyes with my cold <laughs> death grip of my hands. Dude, I'm telling you, the funniest I, – I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him either, but the only reason he roasts Russ like he does is because people react exactly, exactly. Just yeah. like that. Well, yeah. I'm yeah. going to murder him. <laughs> on his show, he, he, he comes at like Baker. He comes at Russ. He yep. hates the entire state of Oklahoma. They're really smart. Hey, uh, apparently, yeah. I hear that uh, people have taken up mailing bombs for a uh, for a side hobby recently. <laughs> maybe up, get on, shut on that. Up. Shut up. <laughs> Too soon. And now we got more <laughs> listeners because the NSA is listening to the podcast. On election night. Bang bang. <laughs> bang bang. Bang <laughs> bang. Uh, yeah, Ferg's looking more confident. Um, <laughs> you know, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, know, Ferg's looked great. He's 20 years old. I think he, I think my issue was always, you know, throwing him out in that starting unit. I think he's going to get exposed and I think he's going to continue to get exposed, but I think he's feeling more confident and more okay with that. Uh, he doesn't have to be perfect. And I, and I think that's all right. And he's not going to be playing, you know, 30 minutes a night. He's getting kind of even rotation with guys like Abrinas um, and a, a little bit uh, Diallo. And I think that's the right place for him. Continue to develop him. Once Robertson comes back, he won't have to be that starter anymore, but he can continue to get minutes. And I think he's shown, uh, now that he's relaxed a little bit, uh, some more of the explosiveness that we saw from him last season. Yeah, that dunk against the Pelicans. That was nasty. Yeah, that was beautiful. Insane. His defense has been really good lately. His defense I mean, has been solid. He's been defending yeah. uh, point guards and shooting guards. I just harken back to Lou Will, man. Yep, he. Yeah, Lou. He's uh, even wasn't he on Kemba a little bit? He too? guarded Kemba. He guarded John Wall. He guarded Brad Beal. Uh, there was times where he was on Drew last night. Uh, yep. He just he looked good. Like he's absolutely. I think he does a really good job fighting through screens and and making defensive plays. And uh, you know, hopefully the the offense continues to to shine a little bit. He he doesn't force the issue much on offense. He it's like he's kind of okay just being an observer on offense. Being the like uh, a ball mover. Yeah, but he's he's hit his threes so far. He's hit his threes in the past couple of games, and that's uh, that's really what this team needs uh, to draw defenses out for him to get gravity, so he can uh, he can open up the lane for others. Which leads to more and more open shots. Yeah, I agree. And he yep. just looked more and more confident taking those shots, which is has been huge as well because it forces, like you said, Jacob, for people to to guard him, yep. uh, regardless if he's 
making i mean obviously it helps that he's, he's making them but when you shoot him with confidence like that it it forces the defender to at least pay attention to you so and yep. he he even mentioned in that article in the oklahoma and like he's he's no longer thinking like when he catches the ball do i drive do i pump fake do i shoot do i pass yep. like he's just playing instinctual and like not overthinking the game and i think that happens to some players right like you, you just start thinking too much and you stop just playing off instinct and, and it seems like he's back to playing more off of instinct now. well it's, it's just like it's just like anybody that doesn't have that much confidence in pickup i mean like it's like like it, you oh, 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 oh definitely like me like seriously if, if you like, let's say let's say you're playing with your buds for a long time and like you've only been playing with your buds for that long time for like a year or so you have no problem putting up any shots or driving down the lane but like once you like start playing with you know, randos that you don't know, and you catch that pass in the corner, you're like, uh, uh. And you notice a, that they're oh, better yeah. than you? Yeah, like, you start getting Hell nervous no. and take a couple dribbles and pass that. I'm, playing with. I'm popping that in the corner. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going <laughs> to flick it. You're probably going to flick it, too. But, I mean, it's just like, I can, you can see that he has the green light because the dude just catches and releases now. He does not yep. even think twice about it, which sometimes is not good because there's a better guy yep. open. But True. you're glad that he has the confidence to take that shot. Yeah, but I think Absolutely. it's paying off. And and like you mentioned, Justin, um, the the rotation of of those minutes, like Ferguson's averaging about fourteen, Diallo's averaging about ten, and Abrinas is getting like thirty. Hell yeah! And I think that's I think honestly that's that's probably a pretty good balance for those minutes. Yep. You know, Abrinas, yep. and I know we're about to get into this, but Abrinas has. I guess this makes a good segue, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just—he's been incredible, man. Like, this is Welcome the Abrinas that we uh, Terrence Ferguson podcast. Yeah, uh, Abrinas <laughs> has turned into the player that we all thought and wanted him to turn into. Yeah, yeah. You know, so true. He's the the shots falling, the the defensive effort and intensity is there, and he's doing well on that end. Uh, we talked earlier about how he's like. Putting the dude, he put the ball on the floor and like got in with the bigs multiple times. Uh, he drew the past a foul few there games. late in the game. Yeah, I think. He, was uh, it in the fourth quarter? He he's driving and kicking, playing some pick and roll. Like he's just kind of becoming that uh, that versatile wing that the Thunder have needed for so long. It's like the the perfect three and D. Yeah, that we've been that we've been asking for every trade 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 deadline for the past like two seasons. You're yeah. absolutely right. That confidence has been huge, and like we talked about, you know, here just a little bit, a little bit ago, it's just like Ferg, when he's hitting those shots, it opens the floor up so much more for Russ to get to the rim, for sure to get to the rim. Um, I think Russ is leading the league right now in percentages uh, at the rim. I saw that's a statistic. I can't talk right now. Um, earlier on Twitter, and, and Russ is leading the league in, at shots at the rim, and it's all because of that spacing yep. like that. So that's that's huge for this team. And like you said, Jacob, just his defense, um, him dribbling the ball. He even, I, even, uh, I think it was earlier uh, last week, he had a play where he was at half court and was forced to to handle the ball and had a, like two defenders come up on him. He was strong with it. He got fouled, and he, he didn't give it up. Where last season it would have been a turnover. So. So speaking of Alex um, and how well he's playing, are should should we be expecting a um, an extension for him? Because since he's not a first round pick and he wasn't signed on a rookie scale deal, uh, yeah. the, the extension period has not already passed. He can sign an extension yep. up to the last day of the season. Uh, if not, he becomes an unrestricted free agent this next summer. 
he was on that three-year, $15 million deal. Do you think the Thunder try to pursue an extension? And if so, what do the, the numbers of that look like, do you think? It depends I, on if he's a greedy Spaniard. I don't know I don't know what his numbers will look like, but I'll say this. If this was last <laughs> year, going into this free agency we just had, when there was no money for anybody, I don't think they would have picked it up because I knew they could have gotten him for cheap. Yeah, you could lowball him. How, with how much money sitting out there, this free agency, a guy like Abrinas could get way overpaid because teams are just yep. going to want to shell out money. So I think they're going to see that and say, yeah, we're going to try to lock him up for cheaper. He's I, turning into that Bell and LA guy that we always wanted him to turn into that Bell and LA guy. Yep. So let's say Abrinas starts getting kind of like advertised around 7 mil per year. So let's say let's say 21 three years. It, would you take 21 mil over, over three years or would you rather sign Swaggy P at the minimum? I'd take Abrinas. I would too. I'd lock him up. The age, he's only 25. Uh, he's showing a, a continual growth trajectory. Um, yeah, he's he's not a locker room issue. Uh, he's uh, Brinus takes good shots. I don't know if Swaggy P has good shot in his. <laughs> All shots are good shots yeah. for Swaggy P. Um, yeah, I think. But I, I think I think six to seven million is probably his ballpark. Yeah. I think Alejandro Abrinas genuinely likes Oklahoma and likes Russ, so he might be one of the discount. Yeah, it, 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 but Nick, what you said is interesting because like the Thunder's motivation is definitely going to be to lock him up before he hits the market because, like you said, there's so much money out there this year that after all the big free agents are gone, there's going to be teams out there with a lot of cap space and a lot of money that want to go spend it, kind of like 2016. But on the flip side, maybe Abrinas and his agent see that and understand that free agency this summer uh, could net him a large paycheck, you know? Uh, and the scary thing for the Thunder with that right. is he's not restricted. Like, if he chooses to leave, like, there's nothing you can do about it. So I I think I would assume they're going to push hard to try to, to lock him up, especially because if you don't, the Thunder don't have cap space to play around with. So you are limited to getting... A, a minimum deal on on somebody else uh the only people they can actually spend like legit money on is the people that they already have so i would assume that they they push for that extension because uh right he's better than what anything they're going to be able to get for a veteran minimum on the market yeah and here's here's another thing too like if he signs that extension by no means right now am i still on the we trade out to bring train but it does make him more tradable so if some ridiculous deal pops up like let's say Danny Green or Bradley Bill or just something absolutely crazy that you can't pass up and Brains is playing as well as he is and he signs that extension. I mean, that's a, a really nice trade chip as well. Exactly. Uh, because like Jacob said, when you're locked up like this, you don't have cap space. You can't really sign free agents for anything more in the vet minimum. There's two ways to improve your team, either by getting draft picks and the Thunder are looking good. So, you know, keep the fingers crossed that they continue to play well and finish the season uh well, and so draft picks are probably out of the picture. The only other way to do that is with with trades. Draft pick so, trades and internal development. That's what you got. Right. Right. So speaking of internal development, segue, uh, <laughs> Diallo, everybody's favorite Thunder player at the moment. Yes. Uh, he came off the bench uh, last night, and, you know, really after that Russ injury, we talked about it a second ago, he had – two just monster breakaway dunks that were a spark for the crowd. They were a spark for the team. Uh, we talked about the 16 to four run, 
that the Thunder went on. And, you know, I think he's 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 an energy guy and he he's not afraid uh, to put himself out there on offense or on defense. He's he's all over the place. Uh, what do you guys see from Diallo and uh, how high can he go? Diallo reminds me exactly of the ceiling Andre to the roof. <laughs> yeah, he reminds me of earlier Andre as well. He's got his athleticism is off the charts and his his just effort and uh, and making his presence felt. I just remember when Andre Robertson first would get into games for OKC when he was a rookie. Just he would just ele- he would just create a spark. He would just elevate the energy on the floor. And that's what you wanted from a rookie. And if he did stuff right and didn't foul anybody, well, hell, keep him in the game. He's if he's an energy guy. But Diallo consistently plays pretty good defense for you know him being in his first year in OKC. Um, OKC, of course, he was supposed to be a first round of the year before, but he stayed back in Kentucky a year. And he's just incredibly athletic. It's like he glides around on defense. He it, it looks like he's it's easy for him to go over screens rather than go under them. And then, of course, he's got a much better jumper than than Ferguson. And, of course, anybody in the NBA has a better jumper than Andre Robertson. So I would honestly give it a year or two. Give it a year. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Diallo in the starting lineup at the two over Robertson or Ferguson. I think yep. you can eventually get to that. And you want to talk about a guy who doesn't struggle with confidence. Yeah. Like, that yeah. kid. That Who'd kid, he go at? Who did he, so did he didn't he go out like Tobias Harris or something like that on the break? I think so. Yeah, he's he's not afraid to just just put the ball on the floor, and that's maybe what's been most surprising for me is his handle. But he's not afraid to put the ball on the floor and just attack the basket like relentlessly. It's uh, it's One really thing, encouraging. Even on the even when he's rebounding, you know, he's going for those rebounds relentlessly also, which is huge. And those steals, like we saw. I mean, yeah, the you guys were there, Jacob and Kami are like. Chesapeake Arena, all the energy was just absolutely zapped, sucked out of the arena when Russ went down. Yeah, and here comes I think Patterson maybe hit a three, which helps. But then here comes Diallo with two back-to-back steals, uh, one layup, one dunk, and just like that, the Thunder picked up momentum. The crowd gets going again. He's just he's relentless, and that's really exciting. Obviously, this is a rookie thing, but he's gotten a little bit better at it. But he's got to learn how to play defense without fouling. Yeah. And yeah. like he, he, I mean, he, it, it's like it's always because he's trying really hard and giving out the effort, but he fouls a lot. Yeah, and it was the same thing with Steven Adams when he got in the league, too. You know, I, I think it's just a learning curve. Plus, this year's a little bit different because they've en- enacted all of those like freedom of movement rules, which are just bullshit. Like, how long has Nerland's been a rookie then? Because that dude fouls out like after five minutes, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, he, you know, he's, he's, Got to just get acclimated to the NBA game. Learn to learn to play without fouling, and that just comes with experience, I think. Right? I don't think so. you hope so. Yeah. So he's. Uh, I have high hopes for the kid. He's. He. He was a steal at pick forty-five. And and Jacob, I think I think you tweeted this out here a couple games ago, but I absolutely love what you said, and I agree with it. Did you? I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you said two years from now, two seasons from now. Uh, Hamdu Diallo will be the starting shooting guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with and, you. And, and two years from now, Hamdu Diallo makes $1.2 million, and Andre Robertson is off contract. Ooh, that's so nice. So you could replace your starting 
shooting guard. You could probably still keep Dre around if you wanted, no. but right. Homie could start. And that year he would be making 1.2, and then you extend him before yeah. he hits free agency. Same way with what we were talking about with Alex. Y'all over here already writing Andre Robertson's eulogy <laughs> with the Thunder. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Andre Robertson. I love what yeah, he brings yeah. to the team. Um, but, again, the team is also looking to always evolve yeah. and always get better. I love know, what so. he brings to the team. Always but also younger, like too. They can, uh, you got to plan make, for the future. Make shots. Yep. Yeah. And who knows, yeah. like, we, we are all super hopeful and, like, not just as fans, but it's just, like, decent human beings that Dre is going to come back well. But but that injury is hard to come back from, man. Yep. And then having a setback, even though it's just a stitch aggravating him, like, that's mildly yep. worrisome. Yep. I got a question, quickly. Okay. Um, your life is on the line. Who do you trust to make a three to save your life, Dre or Mark <laughs> Kill Fultz? Oh Dre. God. He's been practicing. This is a game situation. Or is like it, an open gym. Is it an open gym or is it an open three, corner three? Where Regardless. I'm still taking Dre either way. <laughs> God. Fultz just Damn. looks awful. I think he like uh, yelped earlier this, this uh, week. He had like a wide open three. He knew it was going to be bad he ended up airballing it and like as soon as he released it there was like a yelp and people started tweeting out like false <laughs> yelping yeah <laughs> like I, i'll just i'll just never get that that the image out of my mind of andre robertson running off some sort of screen against the nets in brooklyn last year and just canning a three to end the half so i'm gonna go with dre yep i'm gonna go with dre as well it's crazy i'm gonna go with dre and then i'll see y'all assholes in hell I mean, because he's gonna miss that thing and I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably airball it just like Russ airballed the first end of a free throw the other day. God, that Dude, was bad. That was so bad. Oh, well, this is off topic, but I gotta tell the story real quick. What? So the place where we park uh, for the Thunder games is like three blocks north of of the arena, and it's only five dollars to park in this parking garage. And they the give free you throw place, and you get a ticket, and you can shoot yeah, a free throw to get your money back, place. right? And um, so like. I would say two out of three times I make the free throw and I, I get my money back. The guy in front of me during the Hot Pelicans dog. game, they passed him the ball to shoot this free throw. Dude, I'm not kidding you. It looked like half like a granny shot. It's like he was shoveling snow. And half like he was shoveling <laughs> snow and then partially like what it looks like on Red Dead Redemption 2 whenever like you quick draw your pistol like in the Old West and like, you shoot somebody <laughs> like an old draw. Like... Dude shot Quickest this thing release. from like his pelvis, and it, <laughs> so it was like Sean Marion shooting there, and it was like three yeah. feet below the rim and went flying down the the sidewalk, and I was like, "What in the <laughs> hell did this guy just yeah. do?" Oh my, my god! My boy Jacob getting bucket buckets. That is awesome. He just we slung paper parking that night. But then, so I also got to say this: my my I split season tickets with my parents, and uh, the other night I was watching the game at my parents' house, and my dad went to the bathroom. And my mom, after my dad went to the bathroom, she waited till he left the room, and she said, "Hey, we parked at that uh, at that parking garage." And I said, um, "Okay." Your dad shot the free throw. I was like, "Okay." He missed it and hit somebody in the head. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard. <laughs> that dude's jumper is broke. Oh man, it was funny. It was funny. So, okay, sorry for that random tangent. 
<laughs> that's pretty good. But yeah, it was. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm taking Dre to shoot the free throw to, or the yeah. three pointer to save my life. It's good. So the uh, the last thing we want to talk about here is the lack of TLC and Nader on the floor. I think we've we've talked about this every time we've talked about the ring ro- wing rotation. <laughs> Uh, I think it's surprising, especially for TLC. Uh, you know, he was starting for part of the year in Philly last year. I think it's just fascinating that he can't seem to sniff the floor. But when I really sit down and look at the minutes, you know, this roster is a pretty solid 10 deep roster, 11 if you count uh, Thick Raymond. Uh, but when you look <laughs> at those guys, like, where do the minutes come from? Uh, I think when I look at those 10 guys in the minutes they're getting, like there's nobody that I want to take minutes from to give to either of these guys. Yep. Yeah, you want to so find more minutes for where... some of those 10 guys instead of getting minutes for TLC and Nader, you know? Yep. Like I would ra- is, is... I'd rather see Hami get more minutes than TLC get any minutes. Right. I'd like to see. Is Ralph it a deal where, minutes. is it a deal where Oklahoma city is to the point where we're deep enough and trust enough guys that it's just tough luck for TLC or is he that bad? You know, is it a good thing for the Thunder, or is it just he's so bad? I remember watching that World I think it's a versus bad, Africa game, thinking TLC might be like a legitimate wing, and then he got to the Thunder and is never going to play a game. Yep, and I think that says something. You know, Nick, I I don't know if it's one way or the other on that question. I think it's it's a gray area in the middle. Um, but yeah, I think this is uh, this is one of the deepest teams the Thunder have had in a long, long time. Like like you guys said, they're they're ten deep, and. Um, He's just—he's the short end of the stick, you know. They—I mean, I don't—I I think it really says something that they didn't pick up that fourth-year option too. I mean, they had—they yeah. had the choice to pick up that fourth-year option for like two million dollars or something like that, and have him around again next year. And they didn't pick it up, so he's going to go to free agency, and that's pretty surprising. I think that—that that tells us kind of all—all all we need to know about what they think about TLC. You can go chase some waterfalls in the off season. <laughs> uh all right well uh the last thing we have in our thunder section here is uh we've touched on this a little bit but the second unit uh they're not just maintaining leads but they're actually building on them and i think one of the key parts of that uh, like we've talked about is that they play with a similar style you know it's not like what we saw last year where raymond felton comes in and the the game slows down to five miles an hour uh you know you've got schroeder schroeder wow uh, Noel, uh, you know, you've got, you've got good compliments for our starting unit. And so what that allows you to do is the team can just play fast. It's yep. obvious that is a priority. Uh, and it's something that's, that's helping them to score at a good clip, uh, given the fact that their, their shooting woes have been there because they're just attacking over and over. Uh, and I think you see that not only in the first team, but with the bench unit as well, which is just kind of destroying teams lately. Like, the, the damage they did to the Wizards is really a big part of why that game was so lopsided. The Wizards are already damaged goods, baby. They're done. This is true. R.I.P. Scotty Brooks. Yeah, unfortunate. Dude, what happens first? Does, sorry, we can't get off topic. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the second unit. I can add that. The, the, the Thunder unit, the, the Thunder second unit is probably one of the best second units in the league right now, I would argue. Yeah. Um, right behind, like. Toronto and yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto's is really good too. Yeah. But, um, no, like I, the, we talked about it earlier, the fact that they 
play the same brand of basketball that the starters play. It's not a it's not a curveball, change of pace type of offense. It's the Thunder has a very very clear identity, and they now have the personnel to make that identity for forty eight minutes on the court. And shots are actually starting to drop. Yep, it's like yeah. they regressed back to the means, like we talked about. Averages are going going to happen. Yep. When these shots are these open shots continue to generate, isn't You're Patterson exactly right. like forty percent from the corners right now? He's forty percent just overall right now. So, it's, uh, looks good. Looks good. I like it. You guys want to move on to run the association? Yo, yeah. let's do it. I'm you're, just ready you're, for the sound. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> So the first thing I have here for around the association since the last time we talked as a group, Magic Johnson and Luke Walton had a talk over in Los Angeles. Luke Walton get in the first reports that came out were that uh, Magic was not very happy with with Luke Walton and his inability to turn the Lakers around and have them winning games with the greatest player in the league uh, on their team. And then they got the brakes Uh, beat off of them by Toronto. Yeah. I mean, is LeBron really the greatest player in the league right now? Right. But, but, uh, yes, he is. (laughs) I agree. He doesn't even seem like he's trying, but it was, it was kind of contradicting to what magic was saying early on uh, preseason when he talked about how this is a you know kind of a process, and we have him for three years, right? Exactly, exactly. He's we have these young guys are trying to develop, yeah. but then all of a sudden this comes out that he apparently had this meeting with Luke. Well, then there's a little more clarification. It turns out that really the whole uh, context of the meeting was Magic telling Luke, "You don't really have an offense or a system in place. I want to see a system. I want to see the defense and defensive intensity. Not as much as you guys aren't winning games, but I don't see a lot of you know X's and O's. It was really like pickup ball, right? Yeah, but it's that's what that's what LeBron has played his entire career. There's there there has true. been no system where LeBron has been. The system is LeBron. So that now and, you now he wants him to play Warrior Ball where he came from. Be like, oh, save LeBron's career for another three years, like you were with the Spurs or with Steve Kerr. I want you to save his career like Andre Iguodala. That it, it doesn't right. make any sense. Like where LeBron has gone, LeBron is the system. So now that exactly. your best players on the floor with you are Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson, who can't hit a jumper to save their lives, you have some issues going on over there. I mean, they're going to win games strictly by pure talent because they can out-talent several people. But and J- By the way, JaVale McGee has been doing really good. He's been them. great. Yeah. But out of now nowhere. they signed Tyson. Yeah. yeah. God. Tyson is just like a money pit. That guy is washed. But just <laughs> there, there's no system. LeBron has never played in a system. He was the system. So and, now you're going to tell him to go play system ball. And it's like what you just said. It's like the roster building they did over the summer. And we all said, like, what the hell are you doing? Is now starting, now Magic Johnson started, like, oh, they're not, well, dude, look at who the hell you signed. You signed, exactly. You put together, like, the world's worst basketball team. And now you're paying the dividends for that. 
I wouldn't I can't call picture that. Lance on a serious contender yeah. when the when the game's on the line. Are you really gonna put Lance out there to throw a behind the back alley oop when it's crunch time? Oh god, that like, guy's what? a dumbass, dude. Like I would he plays so dumb. That they, yeah. What they're doing, what he did, what Magic did is not called the roster building. You remember that game as a child that you guys would play? That you had like these puzzle pieces, and it was like this red box, and like the the little insert was blue, and you had like you turn the timer sixty seconds, you had to fit all these small little puzzle pieces into the oh, corresponding yeah, puzzle slots. Yeah, it was, yeah. was kind of like Operation, and then before it Perfection. popped and went off. Yeah, before it popped and went off. That's what the Lakers did yeah. with their roster. They just like shoved shit it. into the right areas and hope it didn't. It hopes it hopes it doesn't I've blow up. I've got an analogy. It's kind of like you guys know on Twitter. There's all these things. You have like four rows of players, and it says you get fifteen dollars. You can spend like <laughs> yeah, super that's exactly how we built the roster. Spent all the money on LeBron, they went, had they to went, get one dollar players. They spent ten dollars on LeBron, and they spent five dollars <laughs> on one dollar players. That's, that's exactly what, what they right did. Now. That's perfect. That's yeah. literally perfect. Job, that's Taylor. what Magic did. Now another, I, I loved everything that Kamiar said, and the other point that was one of the points I had. The other point I had with this is we've seen this with every LeBron coach, right? We saw it with Spoltra in Miami before they were able to. Right, well, LeBron tried to turn, get Spolster fired, and then he tried to do the same with Tyler. Even if he did, or he did the same with Blatt and Cleveland, and then also now remind me Ty was Luke, was Blatt already there. there before uh, Brown? Before LeBron came, or was Brown there still there? Oh, I forgot about Brown. That could have been another one because I think Brown <laughs> got fired. Do you think LeBron Ugh. would adhere to somebody like Brad Stevens if he was a Celtic, or do you think he would still play Bronny Ball? I think the only I think the only coach in the league that could get Greg LeBron to, to to do something is Greg Popovich. Yeah, um, I honestly USA believe basketball. that. I'm sure he respect. I, agree. I Oh, who doesn't respect Popovich? I guess. Yep. So, Donald just Trump my doesn't. question for you guys: just a quick, uh, either a yes or no, or a quick one sentence. Will Luke Walton finish the season with the Lakers? Oh yeah, 100. percent Yes. Yeah. He's All got right. those good the, better, the better question is: Will Jason Garrett finish the season with the Cowboys? Because he shouldn't. That's a whole other podcast. I mean, that's been a, that's been a conversation for the last two years, buddy. So uh, my we'll guess let, is yes. We'll let you and uh, Hickness battle oh, out uh, Eagles versus Cowboys podcast. Uh-uh. That's all the slack is. Yeah, it's just you two complaining about the Eagles and the Cowboys. <laughs> Steelers are hot, baby. They're hot. Woo! But them Chiefs, though. The Vikings uh, are going to okay, win the Super up. Bowl. No, we got we got to stop talking football. <laughs> so uh, the next point I had about around the association is there's some teams that are just absolutely on fire. A couple of them were a little predictable, such as the Raptors and the Warriors. Um, a couple others, not so much, but they are killing it. Uh, so we have like the Raptors at ten and one, the Bucks at eight and one in the East. Then we have the Warriors at ten and one, and the Nuggets at nine and one. Just absolutely put a not really a beat down, I guess, but just played really solid against the Celtics last night. Um, obviously, there's that huge controversy, but uh, Jamal Murray dropped forty one, or excuse me, forty eight. Try to hit fifty and. Kyrie got all pissy and threw the ball in the stands. I don't respect Canadian basketball players. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Except for Steve Nash. Yeah. True. I don't respect Canadian so, uh, basketball players. What, and then also the Trailblazers. I should mention them as well. You know, they're 7-3 and three in, the, in the West right now. And okay, well, really the solid. Kings are like 6-3 and three too. Yes. It was, Blazers, yeah, six Blazers, six Blazers, six Blazers, 6-1 Okay, yeah. So, uh. What do you guys think of these teams that have kind of surprised all of us? And are there any other teams that have surprised you all? I think Memphis being up high, I can't tell if they're for real or not because they've they've, they've changed the way they play basketball. They're playing a lot faster brand of basketball. And Mike Conley's new hair looks kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
but they're playing a lot better. They're playing a lot faster, and I I, I don't know if it's real or not because I think all yep. of us can say that the Kings are probably not for real. They've just been outscoring people, and Deer and Fox is really fast, and I think we can say they're not for real. But I think I don't I don't know what we can say about Memphis right now because I mean they've been title con- not title contenders. They've been playoff contenders for the past however many years when everybody's healthy. And this year they're actually healthy. So yep. I don't know about them, but that means there's so many other teams like the Pelicans. Spurs yep. look like they haven't missed a beat again. Like they're defying the odds every single year because they're the DeMar Spurs. DeRozan's a new player. And, yeah. and so we, we don't know who is not going to make the playoffs. And the Nuggets, like... Nuggets are, are the ones that have impressed me the most. I mean, I their agree. defense is Completely. good. I have two of them on my fancy team, and it's been incredible. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been I've been saying all off season that I thought the I didn't I didn't think the Grizzlies would be playing this well, but I thought the Grizzlies would definitely be a playoff contender just because, other than last year, which everyone has a short memory, they've always been a playoff team. Like you said, when they're healthy, they've always like. A year, uh, the year before last, they went, they won like 43 to 45 games somewhere in there. So, like, that's a team that had one bad year and still have their core of Conley and Gasol. I mean, if they stay healthy, they're going to be the old Memphis Grizzlies they've always been. And Jaron Jackson was like a, even more of a, not, I shouldn't say a steal, but uh, he was a huge acquisition for them. He's been playing solid. And I mean, they picked up slow mo. They picked up Garrett Temple. They've, they've got a good roster. Also, uh, is, is Milwaukee just the Budenholzer effect? Definitely seems like it, because um, you got guys like Middleton and Dude, Chris and Middleton Middleton's been just great. absolutely scorching. The Have you guys right seen now. his numbers? Oh yeah, they're out of control. They're all star. That guy. Hold on, I'm pulling him up real quick. Okay, Chris Middleton this season is the best. Oh, my player. God. Okay, nine games <laughs> in, he's shooting eight three point attempts per game. He's at fifty percent. Damn. He looks like a giant he's, hamster. I don't care. And he's tall. He's so tall. <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah, he is 6'8", 230. Plays solid defense. Yeah, shooting his 50% face. from three. Now he's only shooting 38% from two. <laughs> <laughs> look at his face. He looks but like a poison. hamster. Yeah, he does look like a hamster. But yeah. he's he's shooting the piss out of the ball right now, man. That team that just they're moving the ball, um, they kind of they have that spurt. You know, uh, Budenholzer's implemented that Spurs offense, and it's it yep. looks good. Man, his career: forty-one percent from three, forty percent, thirty-nine percent, forty-three, thirty-six, fifty percent. I'd give my left nut to have a guy on that like the Thunder. Yeah. Need he's, more he, You'll be all right. he is literally exactly what Washington thought Otto Porter was going to be when they paid him. Yep. Dude, he's he's freaking good. Would you swap Andre Robertson for Otto Porter? Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's Would you know. swap no. Andre yep. Robertson for yep. Kelly Oubre? No, no I don't, I'm not a yep. big Oubre fan. I would. I Me would. Either. Nick would sell Andre Robertson for a bag of... Spicy nacho Doritos and a Mountain Dew. Oh, I thought you were gonna. Say, <laughs> long as it, I thought you were gonna spicy, say weed. <laughs> a bag of weed? No, he probably swapped for a bag of weed too. I, I don't know. <laughs> weed and oregano mixed together. I'd swap Robertson for anyone that can shoot a three at this point. Ooh, Anthony Morrow, come back up, buddy. Oh no no no. So, so on, the, on the 
flip side, what are the teams I've just not not disappointed you, but have been disappointing uh, for you know what their projected preseason? The Rockets, and Wizards, I love it. I'm living in it. Wizards. <laughs> I love watching the Rockets lose, and they're still getting angry about OKC. Like, <laughs> look, Russ say, got hurt. Uh, like, dude, you're like you two and five. You. Suck it. Like, no, but look at this. It, they, yeah. OKC, they uh, they're four and four. Like, dude, you're one and five. Like, stop this madness. Yeah. So the Rockets. Uh, who else has been pretty Utah terrible? Jazz is really Utah Jazz is really surprised me. Donnie Mitchell's at, been at hurt though. True, true. But even yep. when he, he has played, he hasn't had a very good start to the season. Their defense um, Eagles has, has been, been struggling. Bad. Their defense has been bad. <laughs> Offense mediocre. My it's favorite a, is really Rudy that's Gobert. how they played a good chunk of the year last year. They just kind of January. Yep. At the end. Yep. And everybody assumed they'd jump right back into that this season, and that hadn't happened. Yep. So uh, we talked about teams. What players have surprised you Surprised you guys so far this season? Um, and, you know, we talked about some of these Denver players like Jamal Murray and um, Gary Harris. But some guys for me, for example, that I actually I picked up on my, my – one of my fantasy teams, the the one that I'm in with Nick, um, like Karis LeVert, he's looked awesome. Josh Richardson's been playing out of his absolute mind. He's been really fun to watch. And then one of my favorite recent pickups I just uh, got was is a guy on one of the teams we talked about, Toronto. Pascal's, how do you say his last name? Uh, Siakam. Siakam. He Nailed. has been balling. Balling. Yeah, he's been playing really points good. The past two games. Um, had 22 points against Milwaukee on the 29th of October. He uh, he's really stepped up and playing well. Um, so those are just a couple of my guys. Do you guys have anybody else? I'll tell you who didn't surprise me, but surprising a lot of people is Zach Levine. Yeah, yep. that's a good one. I told Dropped y'all. 41 I told last y'all night. on a podcast earlier in the offseason that dude can put the ball in the hole, and everyone was like, "Hey, eh, he's just okay." That dude can ball. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we talked about Josh Richardson, you know trying to facilitate a trade with the heat he's averaging 21.4 points uh 3.1 made three pointers 4.4 rebounds 2.9 assists in 35 minutes <laughs> has 171 total fancy points so far he's had 30 fancy points the past two games and our other fancy league i just traded him to uh to jacob for wiggins and that was a really bad trade uh in hindsight hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but uh is getting out of there some way somehow yeah you guys see, uh, speaking of Jimmy Butler, apparently today Tyus Jones was trying to find a plane to go and watch his little brother play at Duke uh, for the Duke um, Kentucky game. game. And he was he was having trouble finding flights. And so Jimmy found out about it and got I, I'm assuming it's his private jet, but it wasn't specific, but had a private jet. Uh, it was going to fly both jones and jimmy out to the game so that way tyus jones could catch his brother's game um but it turned out to where jimmy wasn't going to be able to make it so he let tyus take the private jet to go and watch his brother and he's going to get back tomorrow morning um and plenty of time for the the uh minnesota game what a nice guy jimmy butler is i mean imagine if it was imagine if it was wiggins or cat that needed that butler (laughs) by the way duke Duke up 32 on Kentucky right now. They're so good. That team so, is – they legit might be the best college basketball team we've seen in a long time. It's yep. just like watching like, the yeah. AAU ball. Right. Like, Zion Williamson yep. is a freak, dude. You he's should a, not be able to dunk like that at abs, 270 pounds. Yeah, he's an absolute freak. 
All right. He's like uh, a giant. He's like a giant, giant uh, Deontay Burton. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys ready to move on to some quarter questions so we can get out of here? Let's do it. We got a really good one for uh, for election day, so we so we'll be stuck with that. Probably be a fun one to end on. Yeah. So from at underscore Joshua Palmer, he says, "You get to vote one coach, current of the past, as Oklahoma City's coach for the next ten seasons." Who are you voting for? And here are the candidates. Billy Donovan, Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, both the Van Gundy boys, uh, the creepy one and the fat one, Brad Stevens, <laughs> Mike D'Antoni, or you can just write one in. I'm kind of concerned for some of these, though. Like, I feel like, is, is Popovich going to be alive in 10 years? That's, That's a good question. I was That's just thinking point. that. I'm still taking Pop, He looks though. pretty rough. Not That's only do scary. I love Pop as a coach, but I love Pop as a human being. So I'm taking Pop. So true. Pop. Such good quotes. I got Pop. I'm writing my own in and putting Coach K. Oh, that's you want to talk about really someone that's not going to be alive in ten years? Yeah. Dude, he he will keep dyeing that hair black, and he will be in a wheelchair just <laughs> looking better than ever. Yeah, that's, that's a funny. really good one. Um, I don't know. Brad, I would pick Brad Popovich if I didn't too. think. If yep. I didn't think he'd, uh, if he still had 10 years to give, I'd pick Pop. But um, assuming he's going to retire here in a couple of years, I'm going to go ahead and say Stevens. Snyder's good, but I don't know if I want to be stuck with him oh, for yeah. 10 years. Quinn I really Snyder's. love Brad Stevens. Quinn Snyder looks like he but uses I, so much cocaine. He does. He looks like Rick Pitino. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Speaking of, that could be your riding because he's trying to get in the NBA right now. True. Old True. Ricky. Old Ricky. Um, no, Stevens is a good, good one. You, you got to assume Stevens is going to become a better coach over the next ten years. You know, yep. He's yep. He'll he's, grow Stevens the team. is good. Pop he's, feels like the obvious choice from this list, um, but uh, I'm going to say Kerr, ooh. just because I I put him in a little bit of the same camp of Pop of like I feel like those two could um, talk crap to Russell Westbrook and he might listen. I don't True. feel that way about Brad Stevens. Like <laughs> Brad Stevens looks like he'd like retreat to the corner if Russell yelled <laughs> at him. Uh, and I feel like Kerr could could kind of you know he's used to handling superstars, albeit different kinds of superstars than Russ. Uh, but when I think about the Thunder, I, I, I like what he could bring. Brad That's Stevens looks like he likes to drink milk. <laughs> really, odd but it's obviously quote. not like Skip because the dude was like almost what crippled in the last hell. Season. <laughs> you mean none of you are going to pick Billy Donovan? I think he's the best coach ever in Thunder history. Actually, well, that, is, that, is actually that actually <laughs> might be accurate. Is Billy Donovan the best <laughs> coach in Thunder history? <laughs> like actually, he had, yeah. He had PJ Carlisle oh, no. for like two and a half games. Then he had Scotty <laughs> fired Brooks. him at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> bro, this shit's going south. You got to go. <laughs> he had Scotty Good Brooks. Good times. And then he Good had times. Billy Donovan. Yep. Is Did you see PJ talking crap on OKC the other day? PJ is going to be dead in not 10 years, like 10 weeks. PJ so. can suck my pee, Jerry. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's get out of here. Uh, hey, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. We really appreciate you. We're also dropping, if you haven't been paying attention this past week, post-game podcast after each Thunder game. One of us does an individual podcast for about 15 to 20 minutes. Mine's the best. That's inaccurate. <laughs> um <laughs> But they're really cool, so check them out. Um, it gives you a little something to listen to on the drive home uh, from work or the drive to work or your lunch break or whatever. Um, we're going to keep doing these weekly pods. 
typically on the weekend today we did on on tuesday but you can expect these uh going forward as well so we appreciate you guys checking us out make sure you follow us on social media we are on twitter at the underscore uncontested subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast at and leave us a five star rating and a review uh that would be awesome it might help us secure sponsorships in the future and who doesn't like money I really want us to get a sponsorship from Braum so I can just get free uh, free shakes, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll, free uh, shake, free shake. I'll, I'll get on that as uh, as quick as I, I can. I want milkshakes that bring all the boys to the yard. I'm going to quit the podcast oh, now. Thanks for God. listening. Uh, thunder up. <laughs> oh. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.